I don't know about you, but, but I kind of feel like this, the dad in the video sometimes. Uh, Thanksgiving is done, and now it is full steam ahead to Christmas. Do you, do you, do you all have rules about Christmas? Like, like, I got a rule about Christmas music. Like, we don't play it until after the Cowboys game is done on Thanksgiving Day. Like, like, you know, who's, who's playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving? All right. See, not right. It's not right. It's all right. Which, um, um, no, I, uh, gosh, you know, I, I just, one of, one of the local Christian stations was like all Christmas music, all during the month of November, and I was like, I'm not ready for that. Anyway, that's just one of my rules, um, you know, and you can't blame a lot of folks and the radio stations, I mean, because the shopping malls, they seem to start decorating for Christmas like about Jan- July 5th, um, just, it gets there uh, too quick. Um, best Halloween outfit I ever wore, I was, we were getting ready for a big fall festival, and I didn't know what I was going to wear for my church, and, uh, you know, because we were hosting it. And my, my four-year-old son in the back seat says, go to Santa Claus. And I was like, that's brilliant, to dress up as Santa Claus um, for, for Halloween. And, uh, and fortunately for me, Walmart was already selling the stuff. And so on October 30th, I get me a Santa Claus outfit. And on October 31st, I'm wearing Santa Claus, you know, just not full in. And the, the funny thing was, so I, 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 I just I put a little more fun with it. I, I put on an afro with the with the Santa Claus outfit, and and I was all skinny, and I was just I was just out there being funny. The white kids at the Fall Fest looked at me like, like I don't know about this guy. The black kids, they all hugged me, and you know I don't know what that was about, but I think they were just smart. They're like I don't know about this guy, but I'm not taking a chance. I'm hugging him, I'm going to get my presents. Anyway, it was a neat experience. Um, uh, how about traditions? What kind of Christmas traditions do you got? Um, and if you do have con- traditions, um, uh, where did they come from? Are, are they original to your family, or is it something that is kind of that your family did that and that was passed down? Um, uh, and and you know, as you're thinking about um, hiding the baby Jesus, you might be thinking about like, okay, but not not this nativity set. Because that's the one that was given by, you know, Aunt Hilda years ago. We, this, this baby Jesus set, you know. Um, this week, first week of December, it marks the, the, the beginning of Advent. And uh, as we already kind of talked, Advent means arrival. All right, the season is all about getting ready for the arrival of Jesus. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that in the midst of all the Christmas uh, uh, celebration... The shopping, the decorations, the, the cars, the family, the travel, the traditions. I mean, how many of you have been there where you get to Christmas Day and you just feel like you've missed it? You've missed the reason for the season. Okay, me and four of us. Wow, shame on us. Yeah, it just, it, it happens. I'm already feeling the holiday stress. Uh, because uh, Christmas in our culture has become so commercialized, I think it's important for us churches to, to, to do everything that we can to bring emphasis to the Christ in Christmas, because it is easy to miss. Um, so this, this, this Christmas season, our sermon series is going to be the gifts of Christmas. 
um, that God has gifted to, to us, to mankind, some very um, powerful and, and special things, things that we oftentimes take for granted, and we're just going to highlight them um, every Sunday morning. And so as, as just a part of to help you go through the Christmas celebration in our culture without missing it, because that is easy to do. So uh, to help his family get ready for the arrival of Jesus, the father in our video, he left clues around the house. Do you remember the clues to the whereabouts of baby Jesus that are recorded in the Gospel of Luke? There was a, an angel. He came and he gave clues to the shepherds in the field. And uh, on that special night, he said, all right, here's the clues. Let me, let me read them to you. It's starting in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Imagine the, the, the feeling of a, like a treasure hunt that, that these shepherds had as they got to seek out the greatest gift that would ever be discovered, left, let alone given. In those memorable verses from the first Christmas story, God the Father made arrangements for the gift of his one and only Son to be found by those who would seek him. And although the clues of the newborn Savior's whereabouts were given to shepherds that night, verse 10 clearly states that this gift from the Heavenly Father was good news for all people. So after the shepherds received these clues of good news, along with it came this uh, feeling of expectancy. What are, they went looking, they went seeking, and it, and it caused them to do more than just marvel at the fact that they were just spoken to by angels. No, it, it gave motion to their feet. It gave action um, to, to what they did. Their, the, their expectancy in this advent of the Savior who had been born, it caused them to seek him. And what unfolded at the conclusion of their seeking is what many depict uh, at this time of year in those uh, nativity scenes that we unpack every year. Um, you know, complete with Mary and Joseph and the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Verse 16, it says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. You know, it's important to remember that God never leads those he loves on a wild goose chase. Instead, God desires for his followers to seek find and experience the full measure of his good and perfect gifts. He wanted the gift of his son Jesus to be found in the manger. He wanted the savior of the world to be worshipped and adored. And he wants all people to know this gift. That's why this season is so important for us as, as, a, as a church family. Um, because people are going to be thinking spiritual thoughts. Even the most uh, uh, anti-God folks are going to think spiritual thoughts. We've got opportunity to... to to share with them the greatest gift that's ever been given and the gift that is most desperately needed by everybody. And, uh, and we ought not let that pass. Even though we're in the midst of an extra season of busyness, we need to make that a part of our, of, of our intentionality in this season to share the gift that the Father has led us to. Did you all ever play this game with a kid where you would maybe have like a piece of candy and uh, you would hide it behind your back, and then you would say, all right, pick a hand, all right? And it's either in the left hand or in the right hand, and they pick one, and it's like, oh, nope, not that one, all right? 
You know what no one ever does? You never have nothing. And you have, there's nothing in either hand. You're like, pick a hand. And the child picks a hand. Oh, not there. Oh, not there. Okay. Pick a hand. Nope, nope. And then you say, ah, the lesson is life is full of disappointments. (laughs) You know, sometimes people think God plays with us that way. But he doesn't. You know, we might not get it with the first choice. But his intention is to give good and perfect gifts to his children. I mean, James 1.17 reads, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I, I love that God is called the Father of lights. The, the phrase is an ancient Jewish term referring to God, describing him for his unique creative ability to design the heavens, the stars, the moon, and the sun, and, and all of that that reflects on his creative beauty in the sky. The Father of lights it's a description that ties back to that, that original story in Genesis where, where the father just said, let there be light. The father in our video, he didn't see that, 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 that the celebration of Jesus was just another hurdle to get through in the holiday season. And he just says, no, not this year, not this time. We're not going to miss it. You know, ever since that, that our Heavenly Father, you know, he says there are, let there be lights. I could just picture him also um, when Jesus came and, and he said, let there be the light of the world right there lying in a manger. You know, one of the most natural things for a good dad to do is to give good gifts to his children, to give them what they need. And that's how Jesus pictured our Heavenly Father. He, I mean, he's the one that gave us the language your heavenly father, he's, he is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 7. He says, or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus helps people see how good, gracious, and what a great giver of gifts our Father in Heaven is like. God's a great dad who loves to give good gifts to his kids. And one of the greatest and clearest demonstrations of this part of God's nature, this part of his character, it's, it's what John talks about in his gospel in that very familiar passage that begins in John 3.16. But let me read the whole section to you. Jesus teaches us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. 
see the nature and the character of the Father of lights is that he's a giver of good gifts. He loved the world. He loved us. And he demonstrated how much he loved us by, by letting loose his nature, as a, his, his character of being a good a, a giver. And he gave us his only son. He gave his one and only son named Jesus, who was born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem as the savior of the whole world. And that's, that's the good news of the gospel. And then we're instructed to, to go and tell this good news. Like, like that old hymn, go and tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Yes, he's been born in a manger in Bethlehem, but he longs to be born in the hearts and lives of each and every person in this world that God loves so much. Back in Luke chapter 2, the angel said to those shepherds, he says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So you might begin to consider and look for opportunity to share that good news with folks. Be they people who've not trusted in Jesus or maybe people like me who get so busy they just need to be reminded The Savior of the whole world is known as the light of the world. Jesus referred to himself in these terms. In John chapter 8, Jesus spoke this of himself. It says again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. He came into the world to drive out the darkness. In a sense, on that first Christmas night in Bethlehem, God says, let there be the light of the world. Let the light of Jesus Christ, the Savior, and the Messiah of the whole world come into this dark place and provide not only light, but also hope. Provide not only hope, but love and joy and peace because of this arrival, because of this advent. God says, may Jesus Christ shine forth as the way for those who've been living in darkness, feeling far away from God. In their darkness, may they all see the light of Christ shining bright and clear as people see the light of Jesus, may they, may they receive the good and perfect gift from the Father of lights and come back home to their Heavenly Father who loves us. You know, how can you come back home to God when you feel like you're far off? You ever felt that way? In the video, um, Eddie mentions an Old Testament verse, Jeremiah 29, 13. Where it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The context of this, 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 this prophecy is about 600 years before the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. The, the people of God, known as the Israelites, they were living in a foreign land. They were carried away into the, the land of Babylon. And they, were, they, were, they had been defeated by their enemies. They had been uprooted by, in their homes and they had been carried away. And they're living in this foreign land. Nothing is familiar, and they, they just felt lost. Life felt dark. They, they were oppressed. They were lonely. And even though they felt abandoned and far from God in a dark place, God sends this prophet, Jeremiah, with good news for these people. The context, he says, uh, Jeremiah tells these folks in captivity, 
says, this is from God. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will hear you. And you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart. See those words that Jeremiah spoke from God to his people. They were a gift filled with great expectancy. They brought great hope to this people. And they needed hope. And this was a good gift in this season of life. God the Father always gives good gifts to his kids when they need them most. And he makes a way for his people to know how to come back home to him. In this Old Testament passage, God made a way for his people to come back home saying that if they would just seek God with all their heart, pray, call upon God, the promise of a great future and a hope was a gift of expectancy from the hand of God. You know, Jeremiah wasn't the only voice to say these sort of things. Jesus said something similar. In Matthew chapter 7, um, we've already referenced this verse, but to give you a little bit more context, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and, those, and the one who knocks it will be opened. Once again, it's this gift of expectancy, this gift of of hope given to those who will seek God with all their heart. Ask, seek, and knock. It's an invitation to know not only the answer to the question, but also to know the Heavenly Father Himself. And such a gift comes, this gift of expectancy, this gift of hope. It, it comes, it, it's, it moves us from a dark place into a place of light a place found in the presence of Christ, and it's an invitation to an arrival, an advent. So perhaps this Christmas we could follow the creative footsteps of Eddie in the video and hide baby Jesus to do things that cause our families to seek him this Christmas season. Because you know, Jesus doesn't want to stay wrapped in as a, wrapped in that swaddling clothes as a baby in the manger. He wants to be found by each one of us and unwrapped in a fresh way this Christmas. So here on December 2nd, are you willing to see this Christmas season differently? Are we willing to seek Jesus with joy rather than obligation? If you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. Will you seek him this Christmas season? And if you choose to keep him hidden from your nativity scene in your home, how will you unveil him Christmas Eve? Eddie said he and his family took time on Christmas Eve to bring him out of hiding and into the center of the nativity scene. Will you do that? Will it be symbolic? I heard this, uh, this great story of a woman and... Uh, she ran a Christian preschool, and she, um, she went and she bought uh, a, like a huggable Jesus doll, very squishy, like this one right here. And um, some of the parents protested, said, that's not right, that's inappropriate. She was ready. She knew the right question to ask them. She says, what kind of Jesus do you want your kids to know? A Jesus who will sit next to them, listen to their secrets, 
Jesus that they can hug? Or do you want your Jesus to get you want your kids to know a Jesus who sits high on a shelf? You don't come near. He's just watching you. Making sure you're not doing wrong. He has this season of Advent and this gift of expectancy and hope. What do you expect? What kind of Jesus are you seeking? I tell you what, the real Jesus is not porcelain and stiff. He's warm and inviting. He's got more love than you've got mistakes. Perhaps this Christmas, we can ask, seek, knock, and we'll find. And when you find this good and perfect gift from God, it's not one for you to hoard, because he wants to be found by everyone. And so you receive this great gift, and then you extend it to others. You know, last year we asked the question, what, what does God want for Christmas? And that's a great question. I mean, what do you, what do you give to, to a God who has everything? You love on those he loves. Took my kids to see um, the latest version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I fell asleep in it twice, you know. When you got five kids, you're just always tired, and you get still, and you fall asleep, all right? It wasn't because the movie's bad. I know you're looking at me like, how dare I? I fall asleep in every movie. It's got nothing to do with the movie. Four stars for that movie, I fall asleep, all right? But, um, but I was awake for this part. The Grinch was talking about why he hated Christmas. And in this movie, the reason why is that he was just always alone. And that really struck me. I was like, you know... Like, how much my heart would break if, if even somebody in our church family was alone Christmas. And it could happen. And I started thinking about, well, how could, I, how could, we, how could we do things that could m- make it so that somebody could be invited? And I was like, I mean, do I make a list where it's like, okay, if you don't have anywhere to go for Christmas, would you sign this list and we'll invite you? Like, that's kind of awkward. So I don't know. You might ponder that with me. Right now, the best idea I've got is if you would be willing, say, I'm going to set an extra table at my Christmas. And in and any of my church family that doesn't have a place to be, you come and you celebrate with us this year. If you've got extra space, you know, we can make a list like that. Because it, you know, that would be something I think the Father would, would applaud. But, not, but, but even extend it beyond those who gather here. To share the joy and the hope that can only be found in, the, in Jesus. Take cookies to that neighbor. A homemade Christmas card to a co-worker. I um, 
I'm, I, I'm on mission right now. The men uh, in the American culture all just like look at you with a scowl to let you know that don't come near me. I'm tough and dangerous. And I'm like, just tired of it. So I'm just giving away smiles like, I, like I'm, I'm rich or something. What can you give this year? God is holding out the perfect gift, smiling. And if we've received it, now we get to share. Father God, I just thank you because you are a good father who knows how to give good gifts. You don't just give us what we ask for. You give us what we need. And you know better than we know what we need. Father, in the midst of all the busyness that happens to us. Because we were already busy in November, and now, Father, we're trying to add a great celebration. And oftentimes, in the midst of it, we, we miss out on you, the reason that we're celebrating. And so, Father, I just pray that right now, at the start of December, that we could make a concerted effort and a commitment to seek you. And that we would find you as you really are. Not stiff and porcelain. But a Jesus who loves us more than we can mess up. And you give us more chances. And you give us yourself. And you give us opportunity to do good. You are, nobody gives on the level that you give, God. And Father, I pray that in the midst of these next 23 days before we celebrate Christmas, that you would give each of us an opportunity to share what you've done in giving your son Jesus. That you would give us each an opportunity to share that with somebody while at work or at school or just in the midst of shopping. Father, that you would grant the gift to your people here of sharing the joy of knowing that somebody... Um, has been shown the greatest gift ever given. And Father, if there be anyone here today who has not taken that step of faith and received the salvation that you've given through your son Jesus, that you'd begin speaking to their heart, cause them to seek. They might find a relationship with you because of what Jesus did for them on that cross. Thank you, Father. We pray these things. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen.